0: Welcome Nexus Church family online to our series we've entitled Win the Day. Now this series is based off a very popular book by Mark Batterson by the same title. And really it is our hope that we can use some of the tools he shared in his book on how you can live a victorious life. How do you get there? What does it mean? What does God have for you? It's my hope that over the course of these few weeks that we can examine that and help you to become all that God has for you. If you want more information about our church or would like to to come and visit us, you can go to nexuschurchmn.com and find all the information there. You can also Google search us, find us on Facebook at Nexus Church MN, and we would love to connect with you. Drop us a, a message, email us, and we will get back to you, and we will help you and encourage you as you walk with Jesus and connect to him and connect to others. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series, Win the Day. This week, we're taking a look at a story in the life of Jesus, a very powerful story where he was quite literally in a storm in his life, an obstacle that he faced. And from this passage, we'll be looking at exactly how do we face obstacles in our life when. We are surrounded by them every day. How do we overcome these obstacles and not just get through them, but be victorious from them? We can either rise to the occasion or fall back in defeat. And so if you would, if you are able to, uh, turn to Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 42. It's a brief example of how we can rise to the occasion or, as in the case of the disciples today, a cower in defeat. And so Mark chapter 4, verse 35 says, On that day when evening had come, he told them, Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. Now, briefly, let me explain that they were in these boats, and he was proclaiming a message to thousands of people on the shorefront. And so, as they were in the boats, he decided that as he was in the boat, we're just going to head on out to the other side of the sea. And so while they're teaching from the boat, he just launches off and other people follow him. That's what's kind of going on in the background here, so you're caught up to speed. And as they were going, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion, so they woke him up and said to them, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this, even the wind and the sea? Obey Him. Fascinating story. The disciples were, were sitting there, just cruising along. Now, this wasn't any massive boat, right? So when we think of a stern, we think, you know, maybe He was going underneath the, the, the surface of the boat and going into this deep place. He was just in between floorboards, right? Like just heading uh, to a quick nap. Now, I'll be the first to admit that I don't care what kind of boat you're on, I'm not a water guy. I don't care if it's a massive cruise ship and you really don't feel the waves. I don't really want to be there, right? I just I don't like water. I have a fear of water. And so I really, really empathize with these disciples, right? Like the biggest waves I've been on don't even really count for whitecaps. This is pathetic. So I understand I get it. I, I'm not going to be one who points fingers and says, these guys were cowards, they were weak-kneed, they didn't trust Jesus, right? And so even though I'm maybe more empathetic, I think most people would also empathize with them, right? If you're, you're talking about waves so big that they're crashing over the sides of the boat and as the text said were swamped i would be afraid and so i don't think anybody listening today is going to say these guys they totally were weak they didn't have any faith you see i don't think jesus in any way shape or form criticized them For their fear, right? It's a natural reaction to see things around you. And and if if these were any kind of storms, as we see on TV, where you're looking up and you're looking down and you're going back and forth, fear is okay. It's part of the adrenaline reaction we experience when we think see things around us that should cause us fear. It's that fight or flight moment that causes inside of us we should have that kind of experience it's natural so jesus isn't sitting here saying you guys how could you react that way no there was something else going on and though his comment seemed to be a little questionable the the whole why are you afraid seems questionable and do you still have no faith? Still isn't quite maybe understandable. We, we we don't fully get why it is Jesus responded that way at the surface level. But if we dig a little deeper, we see we see in verse 35 something maybe that we can start with. Verse 35, Jesus told them, Let's cross over to the other side. Let's cross over to the other side. No, he didn't say anything like, let's attempt to get to the other side, or things are going to get a little rough tonight, and it might not go the way we had planned. No, Jesus said, let's cross to the other side. Now, we have to remember, this is the same Jesus who has healed lepers, has raised people from the dead, this is the same guy who heals demon-possessed people. He's done some pretty amazing things. And so when he says, let's cross to the other side, even if there's big waves, at least internally, these disciples, once they got themselves put back together and realized, okay, these are just waves. Remember the guy who's with us? <laughs> He's done some pretty amazing things. I think we can go to him see what's going on and maybe maybe he can help us you see this is the same person they believed was the messiah the person who is supposed to come back and free israel from captivity free israel from this roman rule to make again the nation the image of god to the nations right that's what they believed the Messiah was supposed to be. And so if they're sitting here afraid that they're going to die, as they say, then Jesus wasn't about to become the Messiah. Everything he came to be and to do was false. And so there was a lot lying within that statement, we're about to die. They doubted Jesus' statement that they were going to go to the other side, and they doubted the fact that he was the Messiah. At this point, they had doubted everything Jesus came to be. But then there was something else, something else that I think hurt Jesus more than anything else. Look at verse 38. And they come to Jesus and they say, don't you care? If you've read anything in the Gospels, if you've been following with us at all as we went through the, the book of Mark, the one thing that continues to come up in Jesus' life as he is filled with compassion. Compassion moved Jesus. In fact, it's, it's what caused him to come to earth in the first place, right? It was compassion. It was compassion for his chosen people. The, 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 the men and women, the sons and daughters of God, were not able to go into the presence of God for all of eternity. And so Jesus, filled with compassion, left the Father and came to be our sacrifice to receive the punishment we deserved so that we could be freed forever. So when they asked Jesus, don't you care? They questioned everything that Jesus was. He is compassion. They questioned his compassion. But then as I processed this for myself, I was utterly aware of the fact that so often I allow obstacles in my life to derail me. You see, I, I'm i no different than the disciples, and maybe you aren't either. The obstacles come up and and I know the truth of who God is. I know the fact that, that Jesus cares for me and that he doesn't, he doesn't want me to be broken or hurt or abused in any way, shape, or form. But yet, those cause me to go down a path that I know is not true. Oh, how easy it is to allow obstacles to derail us, to cause us to question God to get confused, to push away from God, to to go down our own path and pick up ourselves by the bootstraps and say, I got this. We don't intend to push God away, but in hard times we do, and it's exactly what we see with the disciples. It's so hard to stay where we know we need to be next to Jesus but we want to spin this today we don't want to to look at the obstacles and and say it's their fault it's their fault it's their fault and, and, and bemoan that reality that obstacles cause us to push Jesus away because here's something important it's not the obstacles fault right the real enemy isn't your obstacle that you're facing, it's you. You see, it's not the obstacle's fault. I, I know this might be hard to process today, but the obstacle isn't the reason that God seems far away. It's us. It's what, what, how we respond in that moment. It wasn't the waves with the disciples, right? Let's, take a, let's go back down their path. Right. It it wasn't the waves crashing over the sides of the boat, or the 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 boat being swamped as it said. That wasn't the obstacle. That wasn't what what was the enemy here. It's how they responded. Sure, it's okay to be filled with fear for a moment, but what do we do with that fear? How do we respond? Do we run down that path of chasing after those fears and and those doubts and those concerns? Or do we stop ourselves and say, this is not God. This obstacle isn't the enemy. It's not going to defeat me. I'm going to run to Jesus. I'm going to run to Jesus instead of allowing the fear, the doubt, the concern to run me wild. You see, the the disciples allowed their fear and doubt to win. They were looking to Jesus and they said, You don't care. I don't trust you anymore. You've allowed these things to happen. Death is imminent. We're going to die. How often do we look at our obstacles and say, This is what it is? It's it's got me. I I can't do anything anymore. I've tried everything, it doesn't work. You've given up on God. You say he doesn't care. Your problem isn't big enough. Or your problem's too big, God God's just done with it. He can't he can't change what's already been done. It's past. This is the way life is now. We've given into that lie. We've allowed the obstacle to win. But your obstacle, again, is not the enemy. But here's what it is. It's an opportunity for God to show up and show off. You see... Though the disciples messed up in many ways, they lost their trust in Jesus. They stopped thinking that he cared for them. They did do one thing right. They still ran to Jesus. They still ran to him. They still had something in them to believe that maybe, maybe if we go to him, there's still something yet. They didn't totally give up on him even though in their spirit they've lost that trust, they lost the belief that he cares. There's still something that led them to run back to Jesus. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you've given up on him. Maybe you've doubted his care for you. But you still believe there is hope. There's still something there. Maybe. You can't change the past but maybe today you can start again. And let me tell you, Somebody needs to hear this today. In order for you to get past whatever you're facing in life, you can't change the past, but maybe to get to that other side, just like the disciples, you need to partner with Jesus. They didn't know what they were getting into when they came to Jesus, but they were wise enough to know that we need to go to Him. We need to partner with Him. You see, your obstacle is an avenue for God to do something great. Did you get that? The obstacle you're facing today, let's spin this today. Instead of looking at the negative, let's look at the positive. Right? Your obstacle is real. It's there. It's done some damage. And maybe we'll continue to do some damage for quite some time. But it's also an avenue for God to do something great. In fact, I believe that God doesn't just want you to waste this obstacle. Here's what I think today you really need to hear. You see, God God doesn't want to waste your obstacle. He wants to redeem your obstacle. Whatever you're facing, He wants to redeem it. He wants to use it for good. God doesn't cause obstacles to come. He's not an evil person. He can't be in the presence of evil. He causes good things to happen. And though he allows evil to occur, he wants to turn that evil to good. He wants to turn that obstacle to do something positive. He did it with the disciples. He used it as a teaching opportunity for them to go to them and look at them and say, why are you doubting me? Why do you say that I can't be trusted? Why are you saying that I don't care? Don't you remember? I am good. I am powerful. I'm above all things. I created all things. And this storm and these waves are nothing. Look at this. And it was perfectly calm. God wants to make your storms in life, your obstacles, calm. He wants to redeem them. Well, there's an old saying that says this. It says, sometimes God delivers us from suffering, and sometimes he delivers us through it. In either case, he's never going to leave you, no matter what you're facing. Whether right here, right now, today, as you listen, he delivers you from that obstacle or he works through it with you. He's going to be there with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Even if you go through the valley of death. He will be there with you. I believe that wholeheartedly that when you are at your lowest, God is closer than ever before and he will surround you with his presence and fill you with peace and give you hope and give you strength if you turn to him. Will you partner with God wherever you're facing today? Stop trying to be bullheaded and turn to Jesus today. He wants to lock arms with you and walk with you and be your strength. Be your hope. Be your peace. But you have to turn to Him. You have to turn to Him. So today, don't allow these obstacles to ruin your life. Don't let them define who you are. Allow them to bring you closer to Jesus. I love this saying that that we have from, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon. And he stated, I have learned to allow the obstacles of life to throw me against the rock of ages. He he learned, as some people noted him as saying, to kiss the wave see, he found value in, in obstacles because he realized that in those obstacles, they, they drew him closer to Jesus. So will you allow your obstacles to bring you closer to Jesus? What are you facing today? What is your struggle? Whether it seems small to you or insurmountable, and you feel like you're going to cave at any time, and you don't know how you're going to make it another day, will you turn to Jesus? You see, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this. It says, the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. You see, sometimes, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's me, maybe it's just the people that, that I've, I've lived around in my life, Sometimes when you're at your lowest point, we question God and say, God, I don't understand why you've allowed this to happen. This doesn't seem right. I don't get it. And I hate to say this to people because it sometimes doesn't make sense, and it never will make sense. I've been by the bedside of people who have experienced some of the worst things in their life. Worse than anything I've ever seen or heard of a person before. Something that I can't imagine how I would go through if I was in their shoes. And as I'm sitting next to them, and I think of this passage from Deuteronomy 29, 29, and all I can say is, some things are just not for us to know. It's a secret from God, and all we can do is trust Him. Trust that He is good. Trust that He cares. Trust that He will be with you. I don't get it, but He does, and He cares for us. No matter what this world or the enemy of our soul throws at us, He cares. He cares. Listen to This is from Matthew 6, 26, where Jesus says, Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable than they are? Then in 1 Peter 5, 7, we read, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Whatever you're facing today, However big it is, however small it is, God cares. And my question for you is, will you trust him? Will you allow yourself to kiss that wave, that obstacle that's in front of you, and allow yourself to be thrown against the rock of ages? that'll wrap his arms around you and care for you. It's the only thing we have in this life. You can't do it on your own. All the money in the world, all the friends in the world, they may be able to help you for a while, but ultimately they won't answer this question of why. They can't take that away. Only God can answer it. He cares for you. And he will walk with you. So Father, I pray right now for every person listening. I pray that they will allow themselves to be wrapped around by your presence right now. That they will spend time seeking you, allowing you to bring them the peace and hope that only you can give. God, you have life. You have life. And you want to give it abundantly, not as the world gives, but as only the Heavenly Father who created us and knows everything about us can. In Jesus' name, amen. The Nexus Church family, thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again real soon.